more adverse situations that we successfully navigate, the more hope we can have as we navigate the next ones. And there'll always be more. Successfully managing challenging situations helps us to become more optimistic about getting through challenging circumstances in the future. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Welcome. You know, Julie, things these days can seem really dire. Well, let's see. We barely survived four years of an irrational fascist president, which included daily shocks to our personal and political systems threats to our civil rights, and a global pandemic during which many people lost jobs, livelihoods, and lives. Climate change has been rapidly growing, and the effects are less deniable by the day when all over the country temperatures climb above 100 degrees. In addition, now the pandemic still isn't over. Monkeypox is an added threat, and the U.S. Supreme Court just decided to overturn Roe v. Wade. Wow. We wake up from this nightmare yet. (laughs) I wish we could wake up from this nightmare. The cumulative effect of all we've been going through can make it feel impossible to maintain any sense of hope or optimism about the immediate or long-term future. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about hope. You know, so that we don't have to wake up every day with terrible dread. I actually wake up most days with a renewed sense of hope. Sometimes it's whittled down by the end of the day with the things going on all around, but with rest and calming thoughts, I can bring it back again. That's great. I am not so fortunate. I I have a lot of dread. Well, certain aspects of life can bring hopeless and helpless feelings more than others. Like, for example, sometimes I'm hopeless that capitalism and its ugly consequences like greed and hunger and competition can never be tamed and won't go away. But then... I find people who are working alongside capitalism and not totally succumbing completely to it. And that gives me hope, which helps me continue to work alongside capitalism sort of in the way that it fits for me and not worry so much about the uncontrollable aspects, at least sometimes. Yeah, I feel the same. And that gives me the idea that sometimes, you know, like with other things, the same things that can make us hopeless, somewhere in there, you can find some hope. Mm-hmm. So like when I see new parents and parents-to-be and their hope, it sometimes makes me wonder if they're just living in a world of denial, but it also gives me hope. So that's the thing. We all have to live in some denial just to get through a lot of things in life. Denial about you know world starvation and wars and random shootings just to get out of our house in the morning. You know, If we thought about them all the time, we'd be paralyzed. It's just a matter of how much denial we have. Yes. As an adolescent and young adult, I really feared a nuclear war and I believed it unlikely that I would live into adulthood. And I remember my father telling me at some point that through history, there've always been things that seem dire and we always got through them. His words gave me hope and they still do. 
That's really nice, Cindy. In general, having hope is having an expectation of something positive. It's completely normal to have trouble being optimistic at times, and some people struggle with hope and optimism all the time. But in these times, it's a huge challenge for most of us. Right. I mean, hope can come and go. So what do you do when something really does seem hopeless? I don't like it. (laughs) But I think for me, I look for what I can do. Like, I don't know, let's take climate change. Obviously, we aren't doing enough to mitigate against the drastic changes we're now seeing. So I lose hope that the corporations, major polluters, fossil fuel companies continue to ruin our chances and literally our world. But I also see the increasing wind turbines and solar power and new technology and countries and leaders who do want to do more positive things. And it gives me a little hope and helps me to do my own part, which is to continue to do things like recycle and compost and conserve energy when I can and donate to organizations that are doing the good work. Yeah, doing those things actually makes me feel better and more hopeful too. When you have hope, you expect positive things to happen, at least eventually. So if we face difficult times with a sense that there's something we might be able to do about them, even if it's a little thing, or that they'll eventually pass, then we can get through them more easily. That's true. And it isn't about just being Pollyanna and acting as if or telling people, oh, it's all, it's fine. We're going to be okay. Don't worry, be happy. It has to be real and authentic. These are real concerning issues. Yeah, especially for those with depression and anxiety who tend to lean toward pessimism, worry, hopelessness. It's really important to cultivate hope and resilience, even though it is difficult to do. Life is so multifaceted. It's important not to dwell on only the uncontrollable aspects of it. There will always be things beyond our control and things within our control. We have to focus on the things we can do, not what we cannot. So if there's a major disturbing story about a particular issue, overturning Roe, for example, of course I spent time crying and reacting emotionally and personally, and then thinking about what we can do. We can support the codification of abortion rights into our laws. We can look for ways to help the girls and women who will be most affected and support them directly or support those who can support them directly. Yes. When things can be done and there's always something that can be done, that gives us hope. Building hope also builds resilience because hope helps us to get through the hard times and makes us more resilient. I think when I started learning, you know, from what my father said, um, I used to be somebody who did tend towards hopelessness and depression, and it began to turn that around. Yeah. And I think experiences with coping, like, I think that's what you're saying. If you cope with hopelessness, you find ways to cope with it. You get more resilient. Yes. So the more adverse situations that we successfully navigate, the more hope we can have as we navigate the next ones. And there'll always be more. Successfully managing challenging situations helps us to become more optimistic about getting through challenging circumstances in the future. I think that's right. So how to be hopeful when things feel hopeless? If it's really hard to feel hopeful right now, start by just acknowledging that. 
One important point about hope is that it doesn't require thinking that everything's going to be okay. Hope has to be realistic or else it just feels fake and it's not real. It doesn't help you and you become even more hopeless. I sometimes envy religious people who find hope in their religion. I never really found any there, but I understand it can be a great source. Yes. I'm likely to draw a sense of hope and optimism from volunteer opportunities. It's a way to take some action, help some people, even if you can't solve the really big issues. Even supporting the volunteer activities of others when it's not something I can do myself, all of that helps. It does. It does. Finding hope sometimes involves identifying how you're feeling in the moment, thinking about how you'd rather be feeling, and then figuring out how to get from here to there. It might seem like too big of a leap, but sometimes just starting in that direction, even in a small way, can start to bring a glimmer of hope. Hope can sometimes be found in little tiny moments that you look forward to, or even when things are chaotic and out of control, you just really have to work on being mindful enough to notice them. I often have to remind people not to stop doing whatever it is they do that helps them to feel okay, even a little bit, even for a little while. That could be a shower, a nap, or a TV show. We start anywhere. Yeah. These small things are sometimes like the building blocks for highlighting times that feel more predictable, calmer, and even a little controlled, even on the hardest days. They're comforting, and comforting does counteract hopelessness, for sure. I mean, sometimes you have to examine your beliefs and expectations and, and actually reframe them in order to find hope. That's one of the things we do as therapists with people all the time. Yes. Maybe some of your plans seem out of reach given all of the changes that we're presented with, for example. Travel plans that you had before COVID, maybe they're canceled forever, but maybe not. Maybe it's just until there's a better time. Or maybe your plan to meet new friends at school was changed by having to meet online, but a lot of friendships still grew that way. And some people even began to prefer virtual classes or work environments. Right, they found benefits in it even though initially it felt like a hardship. It might not go exactly the way you hoped, but it can still go. Or something unexpected happens and that turns out to be valuable. Absolutely. Most of us adapted and continue to adapt to our changing world. The point is it wasn't 100% bad. And even if it was, there was and is hope that it won't last or that adaptations could eventually be made. Hoping for change is, is still hope. Yes. There's always some place that you can find control. And when you find control, you might find some hope because hope often comes from taking action that helps us feel we can have a positive impact on negative aspects of life. That's exactly how I see it too, Cindy. When there's a very big problem for which you have very little control, you can still look for those places where an action you can take can help with even a small part of that issue. Taking some control could even include expanding your self-care routine so that you're nurturing yourself for a little more time each day. You might also wanna find things that you can do outside yourself. There are many acts, both large and small, that can help you feel more hopeful in general or about a particular situation. Part of why we started this podcast to begin with was to build that sense of hope in ourselves and others. It offers us hope to see all the positive things so many people do. That's exactly right, Cindy. We were feeling kind of hopeless when the horrible guy was elected in, for president in 2016. And that's part of what 
motivated us to start this. Yes. Even as it gets tougher and tougher, these people are out there. Having met all those people that we interviewed early on in the podcast, it was really enlightening because even when times are really tough, there are these people out there everywhere trying to control what they can and make things better. Yes, they are being the solution. You don't have to figure out the solution to all of society's problems to have hope. Figuring out any step you take to make an impact, however small, might help you cultivate more hopeful thoughts and behaviors that then lead to more of them. That's how I feel about composting. It's a smallish thing to do, but I do it kind of compulsively. And I feel really good that I can do my small part and do the right thing. It just feels good. Just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do anything. It's important to acknowledge, like I said before, even just to yourself when you're having a hard time. Right. Authentic relationships in which you feel safe enough to be open and vulnerable about how you're really feeling can also be pretty important for finding and maintaining hope. Even if the people you know are feeling the same way, it can be helpful to talk together and work through difficult situations or reactions to current issues. Right, because everyone has a slightly different perspective and they might just say something that helps you reframe a thought or idea you had or help you find some meaning or even a glimmer of hope where you didn't see any before. And at the very least, you feel heard and understood. Therapy might be booming right now in part because everyone is so burned out of hope that they can't listen to each other the way they used to. It's too hard and scary and they might be feeling hopeless themselves. Yeah, we as therapists are, believe it or not, also experiencing the same things as the rest of the population. After all, therapists are people too. So we need to make sure we get the support from others also. We do, and we do. <laughs> and we also have tools and techniques, both professional and personal, that we've developed over time that help us help others to have hope. Hope is always there. And if you need help finding it, reach out. Good luck. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care.